Hello, and thank you for listening to Let the Right Films In, your podcast on the IMDb 250, back once again in this this world of ours. Uh, I am your host, Tyler Hannon, and with me, not as always, which is what I always say, but as usual, as usual, my co-host and consummate professional, Kayla Sinanj. Hey! How's it going, Kayla? It's good. I'm sure that everyone in the entire universe has missed me on the episodes that I wasn't on. So I'm here. In the meantime, you've been having fun online. So (laughs) I am always having fun online. (laughs) Well, we're back to talk about a certain martial arts movie that is on the 250. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about some things we've recently watched. And as there has no guest, which you've maybe noticed, although you might think I just forgot to introduce the guest because (laughs) I... As ever, I'm a flawed human being. I would say that Phoebe is in here, but Phoebe is actually not in here with us <sighs> while we recorded for once. Alas. So we don't even have Phoebe as a guest. We do not even have a cat as a guest this time. <laughs> I can go is, get one. It's okay. <laughs> I'm sure one of them will appear here somehow, some way, at some point. <laughs> Why don't you start us off, and we're going to do three things we've recently watched. What is the first thing that you watched recently? Um, well, okay, so it's been a really long time since we've done an episode, or since I've done an episode, I guess. Uh, we have actually been watching a lot of movies, because we bought a fancy TV, which has internet, and you can access Netflix, and Amazon Prime, and Vudu. Tell me, is this one of those smart TVs I hear so much uh, about? It's not a smart TV, oh. but it's middlingly intelligent (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh the point being there have been a lot of things so it was kind of hard to narrow down is Uh, it 4k does it have ar no it's no (laughs) but first of all so okay oh yesterday actually maybe i shouldn't say yesterday because that kind of dates it at this weekend (laughs) nebulously whenever that was ben and i went to see fantastic beasts and where to find them because we are both big harry potter fans tell Um, me kayla were the beasts fantastic? The beasts, and did you find them? I did find them. I would say that the beasts were okay. You did not <laughs> find them fantastic. Okay, legitimately, I felt like the design for a lot of the beasts was kind of uninspired. Um, but that is fine. It doesn't uh, make so, for a great title. Uh, one, yeah, okay <laughs> beast, and I guess you could look for them. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it was it was fun. It was a fun movie. Uh, Eddie Redmayne is fine, although I found his characterization to be a bit like. So I, I was reading a review, and it said that Eddie Redmayne is such a good actor that it makes Newt Scamander seem three dimensional, even though he's pretty much not. And then followed up with, he could play a potato and maybe still get nominated for an award. Um, I'm not that sold on Redmayne, <laughs> as I have problems with him. Well, you, this is because you haven't seen The Danish Girl. I'm so uh, sure if you... That's... <laughs> I'm sure that's if you... the entire basis so. of my problem with Eddie Redmayne, actually right there. There it is. 
Uh, I do have a soft spot in my heart for him because of his role in Jupiter Ascending, which is the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> I'm going to restrain myself from attempting the to imitate movie of all time. <laughs> I think, Kayla. I think what you mean to say is Jupiter. the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, because we're not talking about Jupiter Ascending, sadly. Um, I think that it's a fun movie, but it's pretty clearly, uh, hey, we noticed that Star Wars did this thing where they were able to get all of their fans to spend a billion dollars to see more Star Wars movies. What if we did that? Because the DC thing is not panning out financially like we thought it was going to, <laughs> which is how I feel. So pretty fun falls flat and also jk rowling is just not a screenplay writer and i think that that really shows in the movie because like well it it's it's okay it's fun like i i was still pretty enchanted and i laughed a couple of times throughout but the characters just don't really have room to grow we don't really have enough time to because there's so many things that they're trying to set up that we don't really have time to focus on any one thing and so we kind of get hints here and there of like how these characters could grow together or interact and it's and it's enough and the actors and the actresses do such a good job of filling in those those blank spaces and those shortcomings by being so charismatic together but overall i, I mean it really wouldn't kill you to wait for dvd for this one and also i'm gonna spoil something just really quick because i really am super upset about it so fast forward fast forward like 30 to 40 seconds because i'm just gonna do this really quick um something that really bothered me is that we have ezra miller's character as this repressed wizard child who has this evil energy feeding on him and it turns him into a monster or whatever and we very clearly they clearly spend time establishing that newt separated this evil creature entity from a child in another country we see them like kind of talk him down and back into his human form and like so we see that we can save him like it's pretty clearly established that there's no reason <laughs> to not save this poor child abuse victim who has had to suppress his magical abilities his whole life. And then the Makuza, or I guess the, the American Ministry of Magic, shows up and they're like, oh my god, there it is! And they all fire at it and kill him. And it just disappears. And then they're like, anyway, now the music gets hopeful. Because America. We're, we saved the day. And I'm like, okay, you just murdered a child abuse victim that we could have saved. And then, even more egregiously... It turns out that Colin Farrell was Johnny Depp the whole time, and it was... Hold on, hold on. Spoilers continued, so fast forward another minute, (laughs) another minute, because I need... (laughs) So, Johnny Depp is playing Galert Grindelwald, and I'm sorry to spoil this for you, but it's not that important, because he has literally two lines in the whole movie. Yeah. But, uh, so it turns out that Colin Farrell's character the whole time was actually Johnny Depp in disguise. And I have never in my life been more offended to have Colin Farrell taken away from me and replaced with Johnny Depp. Like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Why? Why? (laughs) And also, how much did Johnny Depp get paid for his two lines in this movie? Like, just come on. Also, Johnny Depp is a piece of shit, and this podcast does not support him, which is the other reason I was really mad about this. But, like, I just... Oh, I cannot believe. This is the second movie that I've had to watch where Colin Farrell is taken away from me and replaced with Johnny Depp because this also happens in the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Which, which I've never seen. Oh, it's Heath Ledger died halfway yeah, through film. Yeah, I remember. So that, okay. That's all I know about yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah, which... Just, 
Okay, anyway, point being, spoilers over Fantastic Beasts is pretty fun. A couple of problematic things that annoyed me, and maybe not, definitely, maybe not, uh, definitely not, rather, capturing the magic of, like, your childhood. Quick questions, yes. uh, follow-up questions. Uh, how do you pronounce, is it nomage? It's nomage. It's literally nomage. nomage. Also, both of the okay. women have, like, insane 1920s Brooklyn accents. Like, oh, honey, can you believe these nomages are up here in our business like honey it's really getting away from you <laughs> i tried also is this a nice uh psa for the uh vaunted the uh the mm, the worthiness of hufflepuff of all the uh positive pr that has gone towards it you in know, the past few months speaking personally as a hufflepuff i would like to say yes like i, I don't really i feel really nothing for newt as a person mm-hmm. because basically he just runs around and is like oh bother <laughs> my creature has escaped again <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you're like and he's like but i love him and we shouldn't hurt animals and i'm like okay like i can get behind that that's fine <laughs> like sure <laughs> so you're saying that this movie might uh, suffer a bit from the weight of the four announced sequels, Jesus. which is more than Avatar. Although the Harry Potter Here's universe is more. I am so <laughs> into the idea of extended Harry Potter universe. I mm-hmm. really am. However, Newt Scamander, who is literally a throwaway footnote in one of the Harry Potter movies, as the author of he's a... less than Tom Bombadil in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he's literally just like they're like, oh yes, Fantastic Beasts were to find him by Newt Scamander, and they're like, I don't, and I also don't think that when she wrote the name Newt Scamander, she was ever thinking that anyone was gonna have to like portray that person because it's ridiculous, <laughs> it's a ridiculous name. But yeah, I just I would love a Marauders HBO series. Like that's what I want more than anything in the world, and yet we're never gonna get that. We might get the Anne Rice HBO series, but that's a different That topic. is different, but good. <laughs> I'm also, here for tangents, always. Yes. So, yeah, if you're if you're going to go see a movie in theater, I would honestly say go see Doctor Strange instead of this. Because I also... Which is incredible. I went into Doctor Strange with really low expectations. And aside from the fact that it's really racist, and I couldn't really stop thinking about that the entire time, visually, it was very cool. And Benedict Cumberbatch actually kind of pulls off the American accent despite the trailer making it look like he was going to flub it really bad. But anyway, yes. And so, also the Doctor the Doctor Strange director um, apologized. Handled a whitewashing controversy better than anyone else including the ongoing Ghost in the Shell events. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So the other things that I've watched recently we went through a no, I'm going to start over. Yes. We went through a stretch where we were watching multiple like classic 80s childhood movies uh within like a week span we watched the goonies never-ending story legend which is what i'm actually going to talk about and gremlins and the 80s was a wild time in which i can only surmount that no parents at all ever were paying attention to their children because what? does that include studios and directors is that like a metaphor i mean probably <laughs> honestly like or Corey Haim. Anyway, um, <laughs> lots of shit happened in the 80s, apparently, and no one over the age of 20 gave a shit <laughs> at all, which was my main gripe with Gremlins, because I was like, why do their parents not care about them at all? <laughs> and also, the movie overall was just like, I, I really am not understanding. Maybe it's because I didn't see it until I was 24 years old and two weeks ago. Millennials. But I really don't get the hype. They're all annoying, and their parents are bad, and 
the entire plot doesn't make sense. So that's why I'm not talking about that movie because that is as much as I will say before angry comments begin flooding in. Do you have any hot takes on Gremlins? Uh, you can't trust middle class white suburban people with anything. Well, and duh. Yeah. They're just like bad pet owners and they kind of deserved it because they immediately broke every single rule that was. And it wasn't even that many rules. It was like two rules. It was like, no, three rules. It's like don't feed them after midnight, which I am curious as to what after midnight constitutes because technically. Daylight savings time and time well, zones. Yeah, I'm just curious, like, at what point is it safe to feed them again? Because technically all time is after midnight. Are you just supposed to not feed them like is it like don't feed them after midnight but at five in the morning you can start feeding them again like whoa that's not that is not a clear enough instruction and anyway like I'm, i don't want to talk about that because <laughs> there's a lot of parts of that that annoyed me but overall i liked that movie and i thought it was cute but yeah so legend not starring tom hardy starring tom cruise mm. is a 1980s fantasy adventure directed by ridley scott that's right and that dude has had a career yes no okay so this movie is so goofy and the plot is almost non-existent Mm -hmm. but the set design and the costume design and the incredible tangerine dream score make up for all of that i would literally (laughs) watch that movie a hundred more times (laughs) i loved every second of watching that movie (laughs) Despite how ridiculous it was. And so it serves Tom Cruise and Mia Sarah. And I am the one who's a Tom Cruise stan in this house. I don't even like Tom Cruise that much. But, like, it just, it starts with, and for some reason, Tom Cruise and Mia Sarah have glitter all over their faces throughout the entire movie. They just do. It's never explained. And they're in love. And she's a princess, and he's, like, I don't know, a wood urchin. <laughs> and they meet up every day. And he's like, oh, my God, babe, I have to show you this really cool thing it's a unicorn and she's like holy shit a unicorn he's like wait you can't go there you can't touch them it is forbidden and ungood and bad and so she goes out and she touches the unicorn and so it it should be noted that tim curry plays like satan or whatever and sends his gremlins to kill the unicorn some giant horns if i remember yes they were very heavy and they almost broke his neck several times apparently bastards yeah so the goblins were already coming to kill the unicorns. Yeah. Like, they were already there. They were ready. Mm-hmm. But somehow they decide, everyone in the movie decides that it's Mia Sarah's fault that all of this happened because she touched the unicorn. Okay. Which I feel is really unfair. It does <laughs> give her this kind of cool arc where she can go and, like, redeem herself or whatever and become a, a worthy princess or fucking, I don't know. But also, I still don't really think that it was her fault. Because the goblins were already there and literally in place, ready to kill the unicorn by yep. the time she got there. I digress. <laughs> it, just, place, wrong time. it didn't make any sense, and I was a little annoyed about that. But anyway, <laughs> we get this, like, the whole thing is just this insane, batshit crazy dream sequence, basically, where there's tangerine dream playing in the background, and there's glitter on people's faces, and Tim Curry is an evil demon who, at one point puts Mia Sarah in this, like, incredible bat-wing dress and turns her into, like, goth princess. And she's like, no, I will never go to the darkness. Because his name is literally Darkness. He's capital D, Darkness. I, I Not know. even Darkness or Darkness? Nope. Ebony, Darkness, Dementia, Ravenway. <laughs> hold on, hold on. What? <laughs> have, you, have you never read the My Immortal Harry Potter fanfiction? No. Oh, my God. Okay, well, we're going to do an entire podcast on that because it is incredible. It's, like, the first – it's it's probably written by a troll, like, ten years ago, but it's, like, the preeminent, 
ridiculous Harry Potter fan fiction, and the main character's name is Ebony Darkness Dementor Raven Way. And she looks just like Amy Lee from Evanescence. Oh my god. (laughs) That's a whole other story that we will get into another time. Must we? And you're going to love it. It's going to be even better than the time I explained my sweetheart to you. Oh my god. Anyway, so Legend is fun and very pretty and the music is very nice. So if you're just in the mood for kind of a ridiculous fantasy realm, you should watch that. And yeah. The last thing I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to talk about it for very long because literally all I have to say is that it was incredible. Uh, I finally watched Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Finally. <laughs> I know I am so late, but I was very annoyed at Ben for betraying me. It's like 12 Netflix me. series ago. I know. But uh, Jessica Jones is incredible. Kristen Ritter, I would literally saw off my own arm if she asked me to, which is pertinent to the series, <laughs> actually. I guess I would not do that if David Tennant asked me to because he can go fuck himself. But um, I am physically repulsed by the sight of him now because of his creepy-ass Kilgrave character. But yeah, uh, if you somehow, like me, have not seen that yet, uh, it is really good. But a fair word of warning, it is very heavy and very dark. There were a lot of things in it that were very difficult for me. But also, at the same time, it was very refreshing to see such heavy themes like abuse and rape and whatever played out on screen in such, like realistic like it felt so much more realistic than any other thing i've ever seen trying to deal with those things just in the way that all of the characters around jessica interact with her and how they and how she herself is trying to come to terms with this trauma that she suffered and yeah i really don't have enough nice things to say about it and i would like personally to shout out to all of the shitty boys who were like oh my god it's so boring why can't she just get over it and kill him and be like why not y'all shut up for two seconds and remember that the world exists outside of your privileged brain and just understand that there are different ways to deal with things than just getting over it and killing people. So. <laughs> I was going to say, and the importance of it being realistic is because it's not a thing that's portrayed or taken seriously in a manner that's worthwhile or the in the way that it should be in almost any other medium where that is the yes. subject. There are a lot of really bad, wrong ways to do, like, the rape-revenge story, and that is almost always how it's done. I spit on your grave. So So exactly what I was thinking. It was really refreshing to see someone really go through the steps of coping with an abusive relationship and coming out on the other side damaged but not beyond repair and learning without just, you know, glossing over it. Because I feel like that's the thing is, like, they do this big thing and they're like, okay, I'm over it. It's done. It happened and now I never have to worry about it ever again because I am capital H healed. (laughs) So I'm really glad to see that. I'm also so excited that every episode of the next season will be directed by a woman. And again, uh, Kristen Ritter, if you're listening to this somehow and you want to hang out anytime, uh, I can direct message you my phone number on Twitter. So yeah.
that I've taken probably way too long to talk about all of these things. Tyler, okay. what have you watched recently? Well, I too have watched a great many things. Um, I did not partake in most of that 80s marathon, but I did go on a bit of an A24 bender. I did a great deal of Amazon Prime viewing because... As people complain about Netflix losing their library of non-original content, uh, Amazon Prime has become a pretty incredible resource for some of the smaller but critically acclaimed uh, indie film, including uh, off the top of my head on there, we have Krisha, The Fits, um, The Neon Demon, which is not for everyone, but... (laughs) <laughs> uh wiener dog is on there and the monster oh no not the monster um into the forest i think i watched on there but it, it has a quite the deep roster and has a lot more coming they have the rights for manchester by the sea for one um but amazon prime really doing some good work for indie film which is nice because the way people talk gloom and doom about movies it's nice that there are resources that value and give money to some of the great filmmakers out there suddenly i got on a soapbox there which whatever there are always good (laughs) movies you just have to work a little harder to find them sometimes you idiots (laughs) just because just because tv is great now does that mean that film sucks whatever even steven soderbergh is making movies again and he retired retired two years ago uh, so I'm not, I'm going to skip over a few, like the fits and moonlight. Those are both incredible and you should see them, but there's a very good chance that I'll be talking about those on our upcoming year end extravaganza, which stay tuned for that. Uh, so the first one I'm going to tackle is a movie I liked, but did not love Captain Fantastic. Fantastic. Really the theme of let the right <laughs> films in this week. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> but once again, fantastic might be a bit of an overstatement. The thing that is fantastic about Captain Fantastic is Viggo Mortensen. Uh, He plays a father who has recently lost his wife. They have a a whole gaggle of children that they raise out in the wild, in the forest, teaching them to be self-sufficient and raising them on Russian literature and, you know, keeping away from that dangerous technology and uh, those things that really turn millennials into monsters, you know? Um, The movie takes a very takes the easy route of you know guys one extreme is not good but you know what the other extreme is good either and maybe we should find a happy medium for everything which is fine which is noble and, but uh it turns to sentimentality in the end where earlier it felt like it had been more honest about both grief and the state of our world today but the thing that shines throughout is Vigo Mortensen who is one of our great acting treasures, and that I especially... Was, sorry, the thought that popped into my head said that was vegan it up. <laughs> He's not vegan. The movie actually starts with vegan, him. Well, like, as in Vigo, Vigo in vegan it up. That was beautiful. <laughs> I don't know. It just popped into my head. Anyway, continue. Sorry. I just thought that that <laughs> was important to share. Vigo Mortensen is an incredible actor, but also is one of those that we might not think of as much because he does do... He doesn't take the traditional movie star route. He could have done that after being Aragorn in Lord of the Rings, but instead he's done weird stuff with David Cronenberg in indie movies like this or adaptations like The Road. Hidalgo. I, yeah, that was like the one the movie Disney star moment. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, did that break him? Horses. Horses, okay. No, he loved it. He adopted the horse afterwards and saved it. I did not know that. that Wait, that might have been Lord of the Rings. 
At some point, Viggo Mortensen rescued a horse from a movie. Viggo Mortensen is great. <laughs> he, the, he, this movie is fine, and it, it does feel a little fresh. Like it, it does feel a little different, but um, it mostly is really worth seeing because of how good he is in it. Uh, and my next movie is another one that felt good, not great about, which is contrary to many of the things I heard about going into it. And Kayla, you also watched this. I liked, but did not love Sing Street. Yo, okay, Sing Street was good. Like, lowercase g, good. And that was about it. People have lost their minds about it. And it, it is a nice coming-of-age story with a lovely little love tale in it about a young boy growing up in the 80s learning about punk, punk, learning punk. About punk rock and how to love music, man. Right, so the thing... Is, is I can understand why like a bunch of dudes are losing their shit over this movie. Not just dudes. Our good friend, a uh, friend of the podcast, Friedman Guest, Eva Friedman, was a big fan of this movie. Okay, as well. all right. I, in that case, I will defer to my wife's opinions. Yes, because I love her. But um, so I, I just—it's a good movie, and it made me feel good watching it, and I liked it. But also, it is so like surface level feel good, and it never really dips below that. And I understand that, and that is sometimes just the kind of movie that you need in a certain moment, but when you try to, like, think about it or really, like, like I don't know, I, I just... When I think about it compared to other, like, things I feel will stand the test of time and are mm-hmm. capital I important, like, Moonlight and The Fits and well, some of these other me, movies, I'm like, it's nice. It reminded me a lot of uh, Begin Again, that Mark Ruffalo and Karen Knightley music movie that uh-huh. was kind of in this... It was basically, like, almost kind of the same is this movie i think that might have been it's probably the same director john carney honestly i would not even be surprised if it's the same director pretty sure that's also john carney (laughs) dude really likes his feel-good surface level music shit and that is fine i just so the only the things that really bothered me is i feel like same director of course (laughs) anyway uh, that movie had the same thing where i was like i like this but i don't really care about it past having seen it Mm -hmm. and Sometimes you just need a movie like that. It's just a good thing to take your mind off of shit and you just have a good time. And it's got it. good music. And it does have good, good music. Good music will get me... It's one of the things that will get me to like a movie more than anything else. Like, yeah. It will make me think your decent movie is pretty good. It'll yeah. make me think your good movie is getting close to great. The only thing I, I really wish they would have delved more into the relationship and the friendships like between the boys in the band. Because I felt like all of those characters were so much more interesting than our main guy in the first it's, like we have funny guy, we have... It spends a fair amount of time on the brother and is dedicated to brothers. When that, I did really like that relationship. But the the friend he writes songs with, with the bunnies, and the other band members have a nice little moment and then are just there for the rest of the movie. And, and there's just only so much you can yeah. do. But. Well, and also I'm also really over this whole, I'm in love with this girl, but she's not doing the things that I want her to do. I'm going to be mad at her. Like, dude, come on. <laughs> I will say, hey, for it being that kind of movie and him writing songs for her and be like, no, no, this song's not about you. It's weirdly effective he in gets... that I'm kind of surprised that it's not more obnoxious and twee. And I just, he gets like so mad at her for not 
living up to the expectation that he did or like not caring enough about his band and i'm like listen it's not maybe maybe that was the point of the whole movie because the very first song he writes is about how when you get to know someone you like them less i guess it just really irritates me because like it's not her fault that you decided you had to start a band to impress some random girl you saw on the street the movie also doesn't really embrace that at all she just changes her mind and, and comes like, to And like, I'm in love with you, even though yeah. you're clearly 12, and I'm definitely at least 20 years old in real life. So, like, yeah. I, I, it was good, and it felt good, but there were just parts of it that just kind of tweaked that part of my brain that I can never quite yeah. turn off when I watch movies. And I wish I could, because I feel like it would make things a lot more enjoyable for me just in life in general. Yeah. But I can't, and so here we are. But... <laughs> but overall, good. Yeah, but a great song, and also one of... Of the movies I've enjoyed this year, probably one of the easiest that you can share with quite literally everyone. Yeah, if you're just looking for a movie, like, for your entire group to watch, if you have to entertain people. You could watch this with the family on a holiday, and no matter what the persuasion of your family and their thoughts, they'll enjoy it. Maybe that is overall the... It's entirely inoffensive. Yeah. For a movie about discovering punk... That seems out of place a little bit. It does have a nice um, uh, friend of the podcast, Eva, again, and a wife of the co-host. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> uh, one of her favorite things about it was their disco- how it portrays them discovering music and discovering a love for music. That was nice. Yes. But was part of it was nice. Um, eat, some, eat some popcorn, turn it on. It'll be fun, I promise. <laughs> So, uh, 824 has had a hell of a year, and for the third really for the third time in a row, it's they've had a hell of an existence as a studio. It's one of the rare, usually studios are pretty, you think of them as pretty faceless. They put out good movies, they put out bad movies, but 824 is pretty consistently at least interesting, and uh, and generally pretty good, too, although they did put choose to put out Sea of Trees, which everyone kind of shrugged at was like so a24 picked up the matthew mcconaughey japanese Listen, suicide forest one two movies about the suicide forest within a year of each other did we need both the, starring white people the best thing about see that could be said about sea of trees is it's not as bad as the forest <laughs> <laughs> it's a better it's the better of the two movies about white people going to scary japanese suicide forest oh my god <laughs> But um, the monster is one of the most re- is one of their most recent releases this year. Uh, I was basically VOD only. It might have had a very limited release, but it was basically VOD. It's just this small movie from Brian Bertino, direct most known for directing The Strangers, um, which I did not love because God, it really relied on. The killers walking in camera, walking off camera, and then the people turning around saying, "Oh." I thought I sensed something Was there. Was there a person there? <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I, I'm really not a fan of doing things for the audience's benefit only, and that really tweaked that, although I do plan on revisiting it. But this is the new movie from that director, and it stars Zoe Kazan, who's so great. Love, <laughs> love what, Zoe Kazan. Love Zoe Kazan. What if Even though her grandma one, is an evil bastard. <laughs> love there is Zoe a Kazan. great episode of... Uh, you must remember this, dedicated to Elia Kazan. Yes. But Zoe, Zoe Kazan, also one of the most dedicated uh, activist people on Twitter, if you follow her on Twitter. She is very, in a good way. She seems hashtag very, in, well, hashtag woke. She's mm-hmm. very hashtag woke. 
So this movie does not hold together for the entirety of it. And I understand people who aren't super big on it because the monster is kind of like, honestly, it reminds me of the Stranger Things, the Stranger Things monster who's other than the design kind of forgettable. The monster here is pretty, eh, it's not as important and they don't dedicate a lot of time to it despite it being called the monster. Although Kayla, you know, the monster might not actually be the monster was, you think it is. Was it inside of us the whole time? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Maybe the, the monster was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> what really shines in the monster is the monster is about this, uh, basically this fuck-up mother played by Kazan and her young daughter who kind of has that precociousness of a... you. Horrible which we often, well, we often <laughs> see in movies where they have the fuck up. Usually, it's a fuck up father in this case, a fuck up mother. But the the child is, is almost has to be uh, really effective and just older than her years because her mother would not survive without her, basically. Yeah. But it has. Um, it's kind of revealed the extent of their relationship throughout the movie uh, through flashbacks, and it does not pull. It does not pull punches. It's it. It is very upsetting throughout. It does not flinch from how messed up this relationship is. But partially because it's Zoe Kazan who's the perfect choice to portray this mother. Because while Kazan herself is a little older, um, she can she looks young enough that she can pull off the the very young mother. She even when she is awful. She's able to portray that sense that there's a reason that she is so awful. She has been through some stuff. And that's kind of the whole movie is not forgiving her for that, but is investigating this very complicated, fraught relationship that is in some ways toxic, but they're both, everyone's trying to do their best in a way. Um, it hurts. <laughs> it, it, it's no, it's really good. And Kazan is incredible in it, but it's, really hard to watch sometimes and she is kind of unforgivable but that's kind of the real tragedy of the movie is less the actual monster and just seeing how they never really had a chance yeah i don't do mommy issue movies for like personal reasons but that sounds really good (laughs) yeah no if you if you have if that is a certain uh sore spot for anyone this is a very very tough movie to watch but Kazan is incredible in it, and I just want that to be recognized because she is <laughs> so good, always. But those are the things I've watched recently. Some really middling takes on most of them. <laughs> Although every single one of them is, it's pretty good. It's not great, but you should watch it. Except for Jessica Jones, which is great. Well, I was saying for mine, especially. I remember mean, pretty middling. The two are centered by incredible performances that really raise the uh, overall... Of it, but yeah, that's what we've watched recently, and now we haven't even mentioned where it is yet. We're gonna get into it, man. For a nation devastated by war.
His legacy will never be forgotten. His name is Ip Man. Ip Man is the 2008 film directed by Wilson Ip and starring Donnie Yen. It is the first film in the Ip Man trilogy, although there have been approximately 200 films about Ip Man since this first came out. Um, it was nominated for the, at the Hong Kong Film Awards, it was nominated for Best Film and Best Direction. And it made uh, $22 million US, which... Um, that's worldwide. It made $1.7 million in the U.S. Uh, then It Man 2 made a little bit less at $15 million, uh, with only $0.2 million in the U.S. And then I was going to dig into this a little more, but It Man 3 just exploded and made $156 million worldwide and uh, wait, wait, $2 million in the U.S. Is that one that has Mike Tyson in it or is that number four? There are so many different ones. There's so definitely there's, one that has Mike Tyson yes, in it. Yes, there is. I think it might be one of those. And I was really confused by that because... You need stump Mike casting? Mike Tyson does not speak Chinese, I don't no, think. No, he does not. <laughs> uh, but So there's the Ip Man trilogy. There is also Ip Man Final Fight, which does not star Donnie Yen. Uh, there's also The Grand Master, which is the Wong Kar Wai film that was actually in development before this It Man movie, Sweet, <laughs> yeah, came out in 2013. The Grandmaster is also about It Man. Yes. And that also did quite well. It actually made more in the U.S., probably because no, of Wong uh, Kar Wai. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, know, I know that movie. I just yeah. didn't realize it was like the same character. Yes. It's been a good decade for It Man. Um, I mean, which is part of this... Who is a real person. Who is a real person. Fair noting. Yes, I was going to get into that next. He uh, was he was born in 1893, lived until 1972. Uh, he's most known for training Bruce Lee uh, for a, a short amount of time. And uh, Wing Chun is his specific, specific form of martial arts. You kind of pick this up from the movie, but it's very based on... Uh, self-defense, controlled movements, not opening up any risks. It's a very much about being centered. by a woman, so that makes sense. I did not know that. That's what I, I researched just a little bit before. Nice. I guess it was developed. I mean, obviously it's kind of shrouded yes. in legend or whatever, but mm. it was allegedly developed by a woman. So Wing Chun has grown quite a bit because of not only <laughs> It Man, but the, the, the wide slew of movies that are about It Man and uh, make Wing Chun Kung Fu look pretty cool you can kind of see the nature of it in how he fights uh, in all of his fights in this movie no one's able to penetrate his defense he has those series of quick jab punches that are meant to knock people off guard in, in Wing Chun unless you're putting all your I mean this is all based off of I know very little about Wing Chun but I tried to do some thorough research um, I just thought it was I, I just think it's kind of fascinating how it's based on self defense and the reason they don't bring their elbows back so they keep their elbows in so that they're able to unleash these series of punches mm-hmm. without letting their defense down at all. It's fascinating. And I think if I remember correctly from the trivia, he only gets hit twice in the entire movie. Mm-hmm. And one of the times is after he got his ass kicked by a bunch of Japanese soldiers. Yeah. So that seems like an okay time to get hit. <laughs> yeah. He's pretty much in control throughout the movie. Even in the final fight, he kind of destroys the guy, much like a wooden dummy, as it very pointedly flashes to. Okay, Kayla, now that we've gotten some of that stuff out of the way, I am not surprised at all after watching it that this is the martial arts foreign film that is on the 250, because it's very cinematic. 
it is about this the tale of one man standing up for integrity, protecting his community, and it all leads up to a final fight against the baddie who he knocks out. It's a World War II movie, which, as we know, the 250 loves, although usually in the Germany punching sense. And it's very nationalist. It's just... It's got a lot of the ingredients that the 250 really cares about. And yes. I have to say, this was not one that I thought that we were going to do anytime soon at all and also i would have probably never picked to watch this on my own unless it was for the podcast but Mm -hmm. ben is a big kung fu movie fan and also just likes to pick random shit off of netflix that i would never think to watch (laughs) and yeah so i was a little i mean he's already he'd already seen this and i was a little bit like oh my god i really don't want to watch a stupid kung fu movie Mm -hmm. right now (laughs) and then i got knocked on my ass and proven wrong because I cried like six times during this movie. Uh, I did not expect at all. And I guess maybe that's that's definitely on me for not knowing more about it or whatever. But also, my main experience with this movie before watching it was people asking for it all the time at Family Video. And just also neither of us work there anymore. So we can say that without bleeping it. So throw that out there. But uh, yeah, so people would ask for it all the time. And I generally don't trust the movies that people ask for all the time. But now we understand why. Because with not meaning not meaning it in an overtly negative way, it is it presses so many of the buttons of the American going movie going public. Mm-hmm. Um, it very much fills that kind of that middle tier block, but that, that middle tier movie we don't have as much anymore. It hits mm-hmm. all those notes. Yeah, well, it's, it it's would histor- very much it's historical. People love historical drama. It would drama. absolutely. It would probably be consi- be considered awards bait if it came out here and was directed by like a Spielberg or someone mm-hmm. like that. It would absolutely. And like that's definitely not an insult at all. It's it's a very good movie, yeah. and I felt actually by the time it was over, I felt really bad for kind of just dismissing it as a dumb kung fu movie. Which, to be fair, given the selection on Netflix. Who can blame me? Not realizing. <laughs> <laughs> but the kung fu in this movie is pretty incredible, and it was really fun finding out as I researched. Like those short blades and the long pole that are used at the beginning are actually forms of Wing Chun. Mm-hmm. Look, they did their due diligence on this, and the kung fu is really well, impressive. And, and it is meant to be a biopic, yeah. and I believe that uh, a living relative of the Ip Man was like on staff. His name is It Man. You don't have to say the It Man. <laughs> is that not a superhero name? <laughs> I know from the American's pers- perspective, it really does yeah, seem like. I'm sorry, yeah. that was really ignorant. But um, yeah. So um, his it, name is It Man. It would make sense that they would put a lot of thought into it because it is a real person and stuff. Essence for like to an extent uh-huh. actually happened. I mean, as we know, true story movies can be a little bit. Uh, this one also to be fair it might not be as obvious to us because it's we don't know the history but this one definitely took liberties with the story (laughs) like the fact that it culminates in a fight with a japanese general okay so yes so i I did make an effort to uh one of my friends has been living in korea for a couple of years now and i was like hey so you probably have a better handle on this than me, but even though Korea is a completely different country, it is. But he it's spent, in he has, that he has spent part time of the world, in that area, yes. and I was like, so how much of this should I take with a grain of salt? Because what from what I can gather, all of the major nations in that side of the world just all 
hate each other so much. Japan is the devil in this movie. <laughs> yes. Japan is also the devil in Korea. Yeah. So that makes sense to me. And basically, yes, that there is a lot of there are there are also a lot of liberties taken with you know like there there was conflict and there was a war. But maybe it wasn't quite so, like, we march into your town and murder your wives and blah, blah, blah. And, like, everything bad ever can be blamed on this, like, very singular bad unit or whatever. So, and, again, that's something that, like, we don't have a great perspective on because that's not really something that we talk about in our history classes. No. And so... We also make movies like Inglorious Bastards where we... Yes, or Fury, which is Inglorious Bastards, but takes itself seriously. <laughs> so, uh, yes, it's, it's, that is a, a thing to consider is that it is kind of one of those war movies that's very focused on, we are good and did nothing bad ever. These are the bad guys. Which is why American audiences are probably more amenable to it. Yes, so because that was some research that I did before we started recording because I was curious to see what the general, like, obviously it's on the 250, but the 250 is not a great metric always for judging how good of a movie something is. And that was basically the main complaint was from Chinese and Japanese people being a little bit like, hey, <laughs> it's just a movie. <laughs> like, let's just remember that this is a movie and not a documentary. <laughs> Despite the fact that you may want to believe it is a documentary. Remember, one of the sequels cast Mike Tyson, so... I just, how did that happen if this is based on a real person? Did they fight in real life? I... That cannot be true. I did some research. I, I did a great amount of research on It Man. I did not on It Man 2 or It Man 3. I don't think It Man 2 or 3 really matter. So Those, they, yeah. Ba- I'm pretty sure I read that basically nothing in It Man 3 happens at all. But, you know, it's, a, it's fun. Come I'm just going to Google really fast. <laughs> it Man actually I will say, uh, I really, I've been wanting to watch The Grandmaster anyways because I've heard great things about it and also Wong Kar Wai. But even watching some of the YouTube scenes, scenes uh, it's definitely being, <laughs> like, this definitely is going to make me sound like a pretentious asshole. But the artfulness of the uh, fight scenes in The Grandmaster versus the very physical, like, even the sound design of the of the fight scenes in Ant-Man are, is very physical and very propulsive. That was a joke that we made a lot. I was like, man, how fun was it to be a Foley artist on this movie? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, bam, bam. I'm I like, don't, do it the I don't know that I've but... ever described a sound design as physical before, but that's really what this is. It's just like really... <laughs> they went for it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's fun. So. <laughs> but, yeah, I... I, I, I enjoy the uh donnie yen's performance apparently he went full method on this and continued being in character offset and afterwards which is a thing that we've derided quite a bit but at least in the case with it man it probably didn't turn him into a raging asshole it's like he would just be gentle and wise the whole time, <laughs> as opposed to daniel day lewis like murdering someone to stay in character or jared leto being jared leto I just can't wait for the day that, like, somebody murders someone and tries to be like, oh, I was in character. That, that's actually probably a fucking Law & Order episode now that I'm thinking I about mean, it. I got, I, I mean, I, in this case, I have much more respect for it because it's based on a real person. And Donnie Yen uh, said that he really wanted to capture the erudite and sage nature mm-hmm. of it, man. And so in that case, like, I understand you want to be. Yes. I think drawing positive aspects from the person you're portraying is a good thing. I think that hitting Mia Vashikashka on set all the time and scaring her to death like Shia LaBeouf is a bad form of method acting. So, 
Mia doesn't deserve that. No, no, she she's doesn't. better than Shia LaBeouf. Oh yes, she is. She's so much better than Shia yeah. LaBeouf. <laughs> he was mean to her <sighs> on the movie Lawless of all just... movies because anyone ever cared about that movie. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf is so goofy that I want to like him, but then he's terrible. He also didn't bathe for like two weeks while filming Fury. (laughs) And he removed some of his own teeth and all, yes. Anyway, this is not about Shia LaBeouf. It is not. I will say, uh, I know that, like, I know this part is based on history and and you can't carry on the comedy into the World War II drama, but... This movie takes a really sharp turn after oh the God, first third. This movie is like almost screwball in some ways with the ways it's very comedic and very jokey, whether it be the way he knocks the bullets out of the gun or I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Or I'll pay is technically what the subtitles say during the fight versus um, yeah, the out of town. So even up until that turn, I was still a little wary because I was like, okay, so we have people just, like, maudlin running around being like, you must restore Anna. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, man, is that what kind of movie this is? It's and like, then it's like, and also I heard then... you're starting a school. Am I? <laughs> Laugh track. <laughs> and then it's like, just kidding, everything's bad, and we must now face the realities of starvation and war. Like, I don't know how else to do that, but it's just, it was, I was not ready for it. <laughs> and it's it's very much... That might have been how it actually went in real life, but as a movie, and also as a movie that took many other liberties, just very interesting. Then again, maybe more of our World War II movie. I don't really want to make light of World War II. It's, you know, it's not no. <laughs> it's, we I make just, so many movies about it. There are some interesting levity choices in this film. Yeah. And But I think it does a good job of, and I think in a way it was also to portray, like, before the war, we felt... <coughs> We felt that life was, you know, a game or a joke or we were just having a good time and making our way through it. And now we have to deal with all of this stuff that we never imagined possible and we're starving and I'm working in a coal mine. So. (laughs) I I also think it's especially, um, I think it it is good good for people to watch, not just because it's a solid movie and because it's a foreign film and I'll always advocate people watching more foreign film. But very specifically, it is a different aspect of World War II that most people... I feel comfortable saying never consider the fact that there are, that we are all of our movies are basically about or if they involve the Japanese at all, they're about Pearl Harbor, like Pearl Harbor. <clears throat> or about we don't Boston. think how other area like non Europe we don't think of how areas that weren't Europe or America were affected by World War Two, and even if this is very fictionalized it is a nice window into how those cultures view World War II and how we're affected mm-hmm. by it. Well, and also we forget a lot of time in our history courses just to seek any kind of global perspective on things. No. And just, it, it's easy to forget that Not things... even in our history classes, let's be real. No, well, That's yeah. That's too real. Sure. Too well, real. no, like, well, I mean, and it, it, bears, it bears, like, what do you really know about history after World War II that yeah. you haven't sought out on your own? I used to, that was like my conspiracy theory when I was 12, is I was like, eh, it's weird that they never teach us about anything in history past World War II. It's almost like they don't want us to think about current events or something, but <laughs> that might be true. But anyway, um, the point being, it's good. All textbooks are made in Texas. Just think about <laughs> it. Just look into that, okay? Okay. Nice. And they make our calculators. <laughs> Which, yeah, but. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyway. It's good to see something from an outside perspective, even if, like, it, it's probably 
a flawed perspective that's kind of lost on us because we don't quite know enough about the history to criticize it, but also I'm not going to sit here and be like, act like I'm an expert <laughs> on what happened between the Chinese and the Japanese ever. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems that's the big thing I took away is it very seems like how, like one of our movies about World War II, one of the more mainstream versions, but just by the mere fact that it is not American or even European. Um, well, we're really approach, approaching this from an American perspective, but it's the only way we can honestly approach it. Mm-hmm. We are not. Well, I think another good thing too about the movie is that it doesn't only focus on like the capital W no. war. We have this. We have the relationship between his wife and his son, and the community. We have yes, we have them coming together to all learn kung fu to defend themselves from the bandits. And all, which like, seems a little glossed over and rosy, but I'm, I'm gonna take its word for listen, it. Listen, the entire factory kicked their asses and they deserved it. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I thought that, that that was really what shown through about this movie was the very strong sense of love between It Man and everyone else, mm. in that he was this respected community figure, he was a good husband, a good father, and again, that might be like a rosy way to look at it, but I'm going to. Choose to believe that that is true. <laughs> it is nice to watch something that has a very rosy view of, like, your neighbors and very well, positive like, view about the effects of community. And it's also just refreshing to watch something about just, like, a pure and good hero because we have so many movies that are dark and gritty and have this whole gray matter, gray matter, gray area anti-hero thing going on where it's like, he's tortured and troubled, but he's trying to do his best. It's like, sometimes I just want to watch a good dude kick a bad dude's ass. Like, you know, I just, sometimes that's what I want. And it's nice when it's not a guy who was actually a bad dude, who is now being portrayed as a good dude. It seems like this was legitimately a good dude. Yeah, I, and, and it's just, it, it's just a, again, a nice, well, I guess not, maybe not nice, because there are some bad things that happen. Nice can be very pejorative, too. <laughs> it's a good film, and you feel good at the end of it, yeah. and like good triumphs over evil, but in an uncompromised way if that makes sense like we have this pure force of good that unites everyone against this force of evil and they just do it up (laughs) it just happens there's also some really crazy (laughs) fight scenes throughout the entire thing that we i feel like we've kind of glossed over a little bit we have the scene in the beginning with the the upstart dude we have uh this the, the japanese like fight club basically where they bring people in for rice, and that's when, I think, when things kind of take that upsetting turn. <laughs> yeah. But then we get that 10-on-1 battle, and that's... That's one of the greatest pieces of choreography I think I've ever seen. It was insane. It's like, pretty incredible. <laughs> he just, he does it. <laughs> he does it. He really did it. But uh, there's uh, there's a, a joke that I, I read somewhere online where it's like, yes, so... The the grandmaster kung fu guy in every movie has powers exponential to his opponents. So really, when they add more people, they're just making him stronger. Yeah, it's like the Spider Man corollary a yeah, lot of times. Yeah, yeah. They ha- they add a new villain into every movie, and they just get that much dumber. But yeah. to be fair, I, it did make it seem like he was facing off maybe against some acolytes, and the big bad was off there, like. This oh, guy knows what he's doing. He's gonna... I'm gonna fight him. And he's not gonna get rice. He's gonna get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> There's another thing. That guy just... Like, I don't know if that's 
realistic and in this movie uh, that's very very much big on the power of good but that guy was just like yeah i'm just gonna fucking off everyone why not uh, yeah very i know we're surrounded surrounded by a crowd of japanese people who are lauding their hero and will be very angry if anything happens to him i'm gonna shoot him in the head anyways that's yeah i Ugh. The glasses, <laughs> the glasses guy was a constant source of annoyance for me, because he's just there. It's one of those things where, like, the tone of the movie. He didn't really fit because he was kind of goofy, like scary, but also goofy at the same time. He was like goofy evil. Yeah, and that was the thing too. Is it's like I really feel like big bad guy from the Japanese army still kind of adhered to that moral code, whereas glasses dude super did not no he did not and he was all like oh my god look at your hot wife i'm gonna blah 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 and he was like no <laughs> and there's this there's a lot going on <laughs> i forgot uh, as i was looking over my notes for this the sequel to it man was actually announced before the first one was even released so and everyone was like we know that's what not just an american blockbuster thing <laughs> so like, guys we know what happened he's still alive <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I don't have much more to say on the movie than that. It's one of those, it's one of those movies that it's kind of hard to have like a really long discussion about it because we're so, I guess, Unless you're really informed about like Chinese history, but also... As... If you have a lot of knowledge about this and you would Get like to touch share with it with us, us we, we would, would like to hear that. Because... If we have gotten anything terribly wrong, please let us know. We would love to be informed. Mm-hmm. I would love to, like, I learn the most when I'm embarrassed by how stupid I am. So please <laughs> embarrass me about how stupid oh, I am well, yeah, so, overall, so that I can learn. <laughs> overall, this is a good movie. Uh, if you are looking for kind of that, again, feel good kind of deal. I feel like that's kind of the theme of this episode in a way, weirdly. It's um, nice feel good. Yeah, <laughs> you know. This happens. Like, I mean, there, there there's some sadness, but overall, the goodness triumphs. And you get to watch some really cool ass kicking kung fu along the way. Which, you know, in this day and age, it's nice to just believe that good could triumph over evil well and also yeah it really is in a way it was maybe uh, i watched it pretty close like post-election and i was just kind of like yes murder evil (laughs) do it (laughs) we might lean a certain way they already know it's pretty obvious (laughs) Uh, if you're just now listening to this podcast for the first time somehow and this is the episode you picked and you somehow don't know this we are bleeding heart liberal hi that's us super (laughs) but yeah Yeah. um i would say that this is uh, it's you know i just remembered so when we were first uh conceptualizing this podcast over a year ago we uh, we had originally envisioned like at the end of every episode we would decide if we would let the film into our vault of good movies or not and ultimately it was a little too silly it was bad because we pretty much have liked every single movie we've ever reviewed but i would like to say that this movie can go into the good movies (laughs) This is one of the right films, so we will let it in. <laughs> no, Shutter Island. We didn't let Shutter Island That was in. That's like the only one, though. Oh, v for Vendetta, which is like one of the few that we've got negative comments on, even though it's it's fine. <laughs> it's a pretty specific audience that would leave negative comments. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, let's see. So we have wound, unless you have any final points to add, I feel like we've kind I'm of good. wound down on that. Yeah. It's been 400 years since we've recorded an episode so we'll see if i can get this right in the first try but we will go now to recommendations she did it yes she did it
what is the movie that you would like to recommend as a follow-up to Ip Man? Well, I was first going, thinking about doing The Raid because, I don't know, I'm like, like martial arts movie? What's another martial arts movie? Which, thematically, the, like, the martial arts is the only thing that's even connected at I'm all. I'm an asshole and I'm going to suggest another martial arts movie. <laughs> well, mine also has martial <laughs> arts in it, but, like, the feet, the the, like, thematically, those are such very different movies. Um, I'm actually going to watch one that I've watched recently and I didn't talk about in the recently watched section and how many times could I say watched in ten seconds. <laughs> um, watch, 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 watch. But Hero, which is one of the first movies I went by myself to see in theaters back in 2004, and I left it very changed because I was I didn't know you could do that in movies um, <laughs> they just killed him <laughs> well it's I mean, it's a very paced movie it very it is one that has been laughed at in pop culture classes I've taken because dumb white kids are like oh, they're floating in the air that's so stupid there's literally I can't I can't remember what it is off the top of my head but there's actually a term for that is like it warfu something in i think it might be warfu uh, it's something and it's like a thing in kung fu movies yeah and so it's also off. very beautifully done like <laughs> anyways hero um stars jet Li, and also donnie yen is in it it's it's on netflix it stars jet Li. it's about martial arts and this plot uh to this very complicated plot to uh kill this evil emperor <laughs> this uh this tyrant this despot 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 uh, this very evil ruler, which I also watched close post-election. I was like, oh man, this is a little too on the nose. But uh, <laughs> let's just say I'm not totally on board with the ending if you uh, transfer over. It, it's, it's a very beautiful movie with a moving message about peace, even if you don't totally agree with it. Uh, it is definitely worth watching. And it's, it's just a very beautiful, beautiful movie. And now that director is making The Flowers of War with Christian Bale and the great wall with Matt Damon, but you know, (laughs) sometimes you only have so many options in Hollywood. Sometimes you live. I just totally fucked that up. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. He also made this director also, I should have his name ready, but he also made house of flying daggers, which is another uh, movie with similar martial arts. So it's very lovely, but Yes, Hero. You should watch Hero. And if you laugh at movies with that kind of martial arts in it, you are dumb and missing out. (laughs) You are dumb and bad. (laughs) (laughs) And missing out on some beautiful things that could really improve your cinematic views. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Caleb, what's your recommendation? Uh, Okay, so I was thinking back on the movies I had seen that are tangentially related to this one, and... Another kung fu movie that Ben selected on Netflix that I thought was going to be dumb but turned out to be really good. Also starring Donnie Yen, of course. <laughs> Donnie uh, Yen is the... It's called... Fantastic Donnie Yen. That's the Throughout episode. the podcast. That's the episode. We did well, it. We should call the episode the Fantastic have... Donnie Yen. <laughs> Fantastic Donnie it. Yen and you did where it. to find him. I don't You've know. been gone for so long and you just come <laughs> right back in and it's just knocking it yeah, out of the park. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay, so the movie that you should watch is called Kung Fu Killer. It's also on Netflix. According to IMDb, it could also be called Kung Fu Jungle, depending on what country you're in. I don't know. But on Netflix in America, it's listed as Kung Fu Killer. On the DVD cover at Family Video, it was also Kung Fu Killer. Yes. So it's Tanyan, <laughs> and it is about a serial killer who mm. uses martial arts to track down and murder martial arts teachers. And so... Sounds like a jerk. Yeah. 
he is a super jerk. Oh. I did not like him. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, he, the, the, the police force brings Donnie Yen's character out of retirement to help them track down this guy because who better to find a martial arts serial killer than a former martial arts master? And so it's kind of this like cat and mouse game between the two of them and like who's going to overcome in the end, who will be superior. And uh, I mean, you know, it, it, there's this like crazy fight scene where they're on a highway fighting in and out and under and above semi-trucks. And there, there's, a lot, again, a lot of just rapturous Martial, Cin- arts. martial arts, cinematography, choreography, etc. So there's there's a lot going on, and it also has a fairly compelling and interesting story to begin with. So you should check that out, and it is good. Both of our picks free on Netflix. As we said, the fight scenes were very intense and absurd during this movie. And during a fight scene, or well, rehearsing a fight scene, Donnie Yen was injured when an axe wielder slashed the side of his left eye. So he almost got his eyeball cut out in the pursuit of portraying it, man. That's actually very timely because I don't know if you heard, but um, what's his name? The redheaded singer from the UK was slashed on the face with a sword. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran, yeah. Ed Sheeran was cut on the face by a princess because she was like fake knighting someone at a party. It was some other famous musician, too. It was... Damn. That sounds like a fun party. I can't wait to hear the Ed Sheeran song about it. It's going to be great. Don't cut me with your sword. That's not even really the melody of that song. Jesus. But uh, anyway, uh, so Tyler, the stat of the week. Oh, thank you. What is what is the stat of the week? Oh, yes. It's my turn. Well, the, Kayla, the stat of the week this week is that It Man, uh, according to IMDb, uh, was produced uh, in Hong Kong and China. And it is one of five movies on the 250 that was produced in Hong Kong. Would you like to know the others? Yes, I well, would love to know the others. You are about to find them out in real time because I have to control F them. I am prepared. <laughs> well, Kayla, those movies are Blade Runner, apparently. That makes sense, actually. I have actually never seen Blade Runner. I had to catch up before Blade Runner 2049. I haven't, I haven't seen Starring... It. Jared Leto. No. I'm sorry, Ryan Gosling and Mackenzie Davis anyway, and Harrison Ford. Anyway, and, uh, I haven't seen it, but it makes sense to me that it was filmed in Hong Kong, probably. Infernal Affairs, In the Mood for Love, which I need to watch. I believe that's on Filmstruck. Uh, the Departed, which is based on Infernal Affairs, uh, okay. so I'm sure there's something going sense. on there. So yeah, that has been our episode. We shall be returning to more frequent episoding after this. Because as we sat down, we realized it was horrible to not do an episode for this long. It's just that life is hard sometimes. We, we love we each work, other. We love you. We work we on podcasting. literal complete opposite schedules. I'm technically supposed to be working right now, but that will surprise none of you. Um, yeah, so... Uh, if you would like to be a guest on this podcast and have not contacted us yet, please email us. The email is ltrfipod at gmail.com. Or if you have comments or concerns of any kind. We would love to hear from you. If you Mm. have a shorter comment or concern or whatever that can be fit under 140 characters, you are free to tweet us, which is also at ltrfipod. They should rate and review us on iTunes, so you know what? If anyone leaves a review, I will read it off on air. Yeah, we got one review one we time. Have <gasps> we have two reviews. We have two reviews? We have two reviews. Last time I checked, we only had one. Well, how long ago did you check? 
There was one from like a random string of numbers. Pull that up while I finish the rest of this. I want to hear it. Uh, anyway, so yes, please tweet at us. That is probably the fastest and most interactive way to get a hold of us. You can follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash let the right films in. Facebook is an evil overlord who will probably make it so you can't see most of our posts. That's okay. Tyler is becoming mildly gif famous on our Tumblr, which is let the right films in. 364 notes on this Moonlight gift set. <laughs> which uh, also serves as our main website and contains our show notes and all of that. Uh, we are available to listen on all of your favorite podcatcher apps. Which include iTunes, Podca- Pocket Cast, Stitcher, Podbay, which is the one that I always vouch for. Apparently, doesn't work anymore, so not that. So one. I don't know why you're vouching for it. I, I'm saying that I am no. I'm officially stating that I'm we are no both official Pocket Cast users. Yes. So. Also, Stitcher, if you're going to listen on the computer, is good and fine, and also our SoundCloud. So yeah. Uh, we have had a really... The the uh, newsletter is coming back for real. Oh, yay. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. So it's tinyletter.com slash LTRFI. Yep. We will send you news and things, and I will probably recommend more podcasts. So that is fun. I'm mostly just we're... stalling because I want to read this uh, <laughs> review. We're LTRFI pod or Let the Fright Films in on almost every social network you could ever want. We are now except appearing... Periscope. We are now appearing in Google searches instead We've of... We've been appearing in no, Google I mean, searches. I know, but it's still exciting when it's not just 400 reviews of Let the Right One In. We are... Yes, we are overtaking... We're doing oh, it. Let the Right Films in. Let's see. We have two reviews... We should really read these up at the, at the top of the episode, which we will do. <laughs> when you start leaving reviews if you us. want to leave us reviews, we will read them and we will thank you and it will be good. So. Even, no matter what they say, you can tell me I'm a dumb dumb. Even if they're bad, yeah, I'll read, I'll read them, but fair fair point, if they're mean, I will be mean to you too, probably. But you can leave five stars and still say negative things in the review, so. <laughs> uh, one review is Best Movie Podcast by O-P-P-P-U-H-H-G-F-R-T-T-G. This is the one that I've read. A great movie podcast. Podcast for anyone who loves movies, especially if you're a blossoming cinephile. Oh, that's beautiful. Love you, Tipperherb. F- fantastic movie pod by Mr. Bacons. This is the movie podcast you want in your life. Tyler and Kayla are both funny and insightful, and the guests offer unique perspectives on each movie being discussed. If you're into movie talk, LTRFI is for you. Aww. I don't know who that is, but Mr. Bacon, I love you. But yeah, leave us some reviews or read them off on the podcast and. We'll be back with more bonus episodes. We're going to have that big end of the year uh, episode, which I'm really looking forward to. We have, I have, wasn't on the end of the year episode last year, so I'm pretty... No, yes, oh, you were. Oh, wait, that's we right. Didn't. No, that's right. You just did all the hosting with the other people. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot, and I can't remember anything from more than three months ago. Uh, well, <laughs> we had six guests on that one, and we're going to have at least double that this year, so it'll probably be a series ah! of episodes, like a week-long extravaganza. I'm going to try to get, get some very special guests on, but we will see. Anyway, we are so glad to be back, and we will be back more often than we have been, and I really appreciate all of you sticking with particularly me through my absence since it was me who was gone (laughs) because life is hard (laughs) but yeah so um i guess to close this out jurassic world is a terrible movie and it always will be and we will see you at the teachers conference yeah we will
talking about that, actually. <laughs> I just want to say that we tried the food box subscription service, HelloFresh, and they can go fuck themselves. And I've never Jesus. even... Sh- <laughs> okay, they sent us two boxes. They sent oh them at the... They delayed shipment on one for over a week, and by the time it got to us, it was spoiled. And we just discovered that after, like, two days of having the other box that they charged us for before we even got our trial box, the groceries were bad. So... I've never used Blue Apron, but I'm going to trust every podcast that I've ever heard and say that you should do that instead of HelloFresh. I'm always on topic. So. <laughs> I think I broke Tyler. Uh, anyway, so moving, moving on. <laughs>